Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, the podcast that empowers you to feel better, look better, and enjoy better relationships. You know, it always comes down to relationships because relationships are what give us joy and help us to live with no regrets. It is such a pleasure today to have Cass Nelson Dooley with us. She's someone I found via her book, which I'll tell you all about. And I knew immediately that I would like her. And I was just hoping and praying that she would you know, have time to join us. So here we are. Um, Cass is an expert in many areas. And uh, she's very much an adventurer. She's curious. She's had a super interesting life. And um, we just want to hear everything Cass. Uh, And I want to tell my listeners that you have written a book called Heal Your Oral Microbiome and you're not a dentist. Woohoo. Oh my gosh. I I told, I told Cass, I was so jealous of this book because um, it's exactly what people need to read. Every dentist needs to give it out. Every physician needs to give it out. And you know, it's, it's a great stocking stuffer, Um, but you did a much better job than I would have done. Uh, It's just an, it's a fun read, a fun read. You have great illustrations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Cass. And it's just so impressive that you're not a dentist. So it makes it better, I think. Um, So Cass, tell us, start out telling us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your Panama adventure. I think that got this party started. (laughs) Great. Yes. Um, Well, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much. I loved watching your TEDx talk and realizing what kindred spirits we are and how we've been interested in a lot of the same things for over a decade, uh, multiple decades. I have a master's in pharmacy and biomedical science from the University of Georgia. I did my bachelor's in ethnobotany and ethnobiology. I was really interested in in medicinal plants. And that's how I ended up in Panama doing a Fulbright, uh, Fulbright research scholarship studying medicinal plants in the forests in the rainforests of Panama with the Ngave Indians and also the Afro-Caribbeans there who use medicinal plants as part of their everyday life. Uh, but when, after I did my uh, master's, I got involved in um, laboratory testing. You know, I was really uh, kind of recruited by family friends at Metametrics Clinical Laboratory. They are, if you haven't heard of them before, well, they, they now are owned by Genova Diagnostics. So that's the actual company name. And that is a uh, industry leader in functional medicine testing, things like stool testing, food allergies, hormone balance, um, organic acids, amino acids. So this was when the idea of looking for the root cause really hit home. I, I, I believed in natural medicine. I believed in looking for the root cause of disease long before, but with functional medicine testing, you can, you can see it, you know, you can tell, you can look into a person's biochemistry and see what's going on. They launched the first um, stool test, uh, PCR stool test of the gut microbiome, to my knowledge in the world. And that was a huge deal at the time. We, it was in 2006. I believe it was launched and it was a game changer. And, um, you know, time went on and eventually I broke away from that company. Um, and and the oral, a, a client came to me wanting me to write on the oral microbiome as a, like a newsletter. And I thought the oral microbiome, you know, I had thought I'd spent so much time studying the, the gut microbiome and knowing how important it is to, gut, to human health, right? Not just gut health, but human whole health. Um, so the oral microbiome was just a fascinating jump. And um, as I you know, wrote that article and got really excited about the topic and the novelty of the topic, I noticed that everyone else was really excited about it too. I mean, it was, you know, it was extremely popular podcast. Uh, the first one I, I did on the oral microbiome. And so I think this topic is um, it, it's, it's having its time, you know, it's, it's finally getting its time in the limelight. We've had a lot of focus on the gut microbiome and we, and we still will, but I think the oral microbiome 
is this next phase, this next spot in the horizon where we're going and where we're learning about the diversity of the oral microbiome and the value of how it how it keeps us healthy or how it can hurt us and cause disease. So when a when a publisher approached me about the book, it was like, sure, you know, they they said, hey, the time is right, and I, I agreed and. Yeah, it's just been a wonderful ride. I love the topic and I love how it connects to everything else, much as you talk about in your TEDx talk, you know, it just, the mouth is connected to everything else in the body and it's pretty profound. It really is, Cass. And it's so exciting. Such a a new frontier. It's like a a, a whole new world. Uh, You, in your book, you talk about the microbiome being like a rainforest expound on that. It is the most beautiful analogy. Oh yeah. You like that one. It's because really the mouth is the second most biodiverse microbiome in our bodies. So it's second only to the gut and biodiversity is usually a measure of health. You know, the more different bacteria we have, the better, um, you know, variety, uh, related, you know, communities that, that makes for a healthier microbiome almost always. And, um, you know, the rainforest, of course, having gone there, I mean, it's just so rich, it's just so rich and diverse and, um, you know, full of life. And that's really what our microbiomes are too. And so we, we have to be very careful about clear cutting our microbiomes just like we have to be careful about clear cutting the rainforest, you know, that diversity has value. It has that, that variety of microbes, healthy microbes um, has great value, even though no one really pays attention to them if they're healthy. (laughs) Right. We do so much to uh, kill off what really is helping us. The, and I totally agree with you. Variety is the spice of life when it comes to so many areas, uh, especially our microbiomes in your book, you use the term, Uh, leaky gums, leaky gut. We hear a lot about leaky gut. And I think Mm -hmm. this is so on target. Tell us more. Yeah. So just, I always like to start with leaky gut because like you said, we've heard so much about it. The idea of leaky gut, you know, our, our gastrointestinal tract is like a tube and it's, um, you could, you could almost think of it as like the skin, you know, if you follow a line from the outside of our body into the mouth and into the gut, it's like kind of just following the skin along a a line. Um, so there's almost like an internal skin barrier, so to speak. So this barrier really helps keep food and, and bad stuff from the outside environment, keeps it separated from our bloodstream. I mean, we want to, we want to get nutrients out in the gut. We want to take nutrients out of the um, food and, and other things like water and things that we eat, but we, we want to take nutrients out, but we also want to keep bad stuff out of the bloodstream. We want to bring good stuff into the bloodstream, keep bad stuff out of the bloodstream. And that barrier is critical in keeping us healthy when that um, intestinal barrier or intestinal lining is damaged, then they call it leaky gut. And that means that bad, bad things can get through. They can get through into the bloodstream, you know, big food molecules, um, toxins, bacteria, parasites, fungus, um, things that really shouldn't be in our, in our bloodstream can get in there. And that can set off whole body inflammation. It can set off allergic disease, autoimmunity. So leaky gut is a really kind of a fundamental hypothesis in functional medicine. And it's the, one of the very first things people treat when they're treating like a patient with autoimmune disease, for example. Well, there's a corollary in the mouth and that mouth, just like the gut has a gut lining, your mouth has a mouth lining and that lining in the mouth helps keep the outside world away from the bloodstream, right? Because each each tooth, I mean, as you know very well, but maybe lay people like me, I surely, surely had not thought that every single tooth has a blood is connected to the blood supply. Um, the mouth is very much connected to the bloodstream, and so when the that mouth lining gets damaged, <clears throat> excuse me, the little holes, of, uh, you know, develop in the mouth lining. Now suddenly, things like bacteria, fungus, parasites, toxins big food molecules, et cetera, and big, inf- not, uh, not so big, but inflammatory chemicals can get into the mouth and into the bloodstream, go to the heart, go to the joints, um, go to the brain. 
So that would be leaky gums. And that's a very dangerous condition. And really, I mean, it really, you could say that a huge number of Americans and people all around the world suffer with it because um, gum disease and even gingivitis are so common, so prevalent. Yes, I totally agree. From, from my experience of, you know, 40 years of seeing patients almost, um, I'm really thinking it's much more prevalent than we think, even compared to compared to, say, insulin resistance. Um, you know, so many people are insulin resistant and don't know it. Uh, likewise, many people have early to moderate uh, periodontal disease and don't know it because it's so common. It's sort of graded on the curve, I say. Mm-hmm. And um, as dentists, we are very trained as carpenters. I'm taking nothing away from our profession, but you know, there's a lot to learn in dental school and uh, uh, things are slow to change, but schools are not really keying in yet fully on the oral microbiome as a, um, a living, breathing part of, of upstream medicine. And that's what you do so beautifully in your book is that, um, you know, you're a functional medicine consultant. So you're looking always for root cause. You're looking always for upstream problems. And, um, and it definitely is. And I think it's probably at least 80% of the adult population. I'm seeing younger and younger people having, gut problems with mm-hmm. origins of, of early gum disease in their mouth. And, and I'm constantly um, astounded at how even early gum disease can impact the gut. Tell us about your research, your findings on how the oral microbiome impacts immunity. Mm, good question. Yeah. Well, the the oral microbiome, let's start with the barrier, right? That is a defense. That is an immune defense, physical immune defense. And the good bacteria in our mouths help us keep a strong, healthy barrier. When we have bad bacteria and, and, you know, I'm, I always like to qualify this, this term bad bacteria, right? Because I don't believe that all bad bacteria are bad all the time. So, um, you know, in our, current paradigm where we're very focused on bad bacteria, it's like, okay, this one's bad. That one's bad. This one's bad. We need to kill them. We need to, but actually if you have lots of good bacteria, then bad bacteria can't do damage, right? So low levels are probably safe in most, in most people who have good levels of, of good bacteria. Um, so bad bacteria, when they get into to control, when they can kind of take over in the mouth and get into control, they can damage that barrier. They can cause leaky gums and they can harm the barrier. So that's an important immune defense that the oral microbiome protects us at the barrier level. Now, the oral microbiome is also really interesting because it tells the immune system to calm down right? Because naturally our immune system is kind of wired for like fight, you know, fight, kill, you know, kind of overkill. (laughs) Mm. And so good bacteria send signals to the immune system. Hey, everything's okay. You know, you're okay. You don't have to kill me. I'm good. Um, You can chill out (laughs) and you only need to kill that bad guy over there. (laughs) So they tune the immune system. They tell the immune system, you know, what uh, to to calm down. They can stimulate T regulatory cells, which are the ones that we believe help keep the immune system more in check rather than going too far out of balance. Um, One of the number one things good bacteria do is they fight oral pathogens. I mean, they literally are like a living defense, a living, you know, living soldiers that prevent bad bacteria from moving into the mouth. So that is an immune defense also. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. I always, I mean, I think that's mostly it, but I, lately I have kind of changed my tune because I do a lot of consultations with doctors regarding the gut microbiome. And I have recently started just calling the gut microbiome an anti-inflammatory organ. And I think we should think of it like that in the mouth too. It is an anti-inflammatory organ. So when we 
want to calm inflammation. We really want to build good bacteria and use those, um, you know, use those to our advantage when we're trying to combat inflammation. So I think in the, even in the mouth, we could consider it an anti-inflammatory organ. That that's very interesting. I've never heard that, but I absolutely agree. You talk about the sea of saliva um, in our mouths, and and yeah. and and I like that because I I love the ocean and think about you know all these different creatures in the ocean and how we don't want to pollute it and we don't want to you know we want it to be as pure as possible. Mm-hmm. Expand on uh, for our listeners, you know what happens with the sea of saliva when people are taking a lot of medications maybe when they're using a lot of harsh um, dental, you know, hygiene uh, products. Um, Tell us how this sea of saliva is, is impacted with all of this. Yeah. I mean, saliva, and I mean, you know, it's so many of these things I know dentists, it's second nature for you guys, but saliva is critical for oral health. You know, we need a good amount of saliva. Anybody who, has an autoimmune disease where their saliva is impacted or someone who um, is taking medications that impacts, it causes dry mouth. They know how important saliva is for a healthy mouth. It washes, um, you know, and washes bacteria away. It all, it's very important for delivering nutrients to the mouth. Um, it's, you know, it's critical. It, it helps balance the pH in the mouth and keep things at a health in a healthy environment so that good bacteria can grow and, and discourages bad bacteria from growing. So yeah, saliva is critical. Um, you know, and as, and it's just almost like you would think of any environment, you know, if you change the, you know, good bacteria meant to, to live in a moist, warm environment in our mouths. And if you change that, if you change the pH, if you change the humidity, you know, they're going to change. So, um, you know, you'll hear, I mean, I hear a lot more about cavities and patients who are on, you know, who have dry mouth because their mouth just can't take care of itself. It can't keep itself healthy. Is that what you see or have? Yes. Very consistently Cass. Um, what I'll see, well, what I started noticing in my practice was that people were taking more and more pharmaceutical meds that were drying them out. So, you know, probably 70% of the the primary medications that people take um, cause a dry mouth. So then they start having um, more decay. They, you know, typically get root decay, decay on the roots of their teeth. They start having more gum disease. They start having trouble eating. Um, so consequently, they're not maybe chewing their food as much as, as they need to. And that's the first stage of, of um, digestion in the mouth. Uh, you know, there's enzymes that start breaking food down. So just all kinds of problems. And it's, again, it's, you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. So, you know, people are, don't really know what's happening. And so it's a, it's awesome, actually a, an, an excellent boost to help people be motivated to get off maybe some of their pharmaceutical meds through lifestyle in order to regain that salivary function. And and of course, as you said, uh, with autoimmune disease, a lot of people get a dry mouth. One thing I've seen recently that you'll be interested in is a serious case of what what we're terming masked mouth. It's a woman Mm. who wore a mask pretty much all the time for three years. I mean, just all the time. And literally she has decay everywhere. And so she already was, you know, fighting dry mouth um, through medications and then, Mm -hmm. you know, rebreathing that carbon dioxide and and probably wearing a mask, you know, probably wearing the same mask a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very serious. And it, it really kind of wrecked her her oral microbiome, a new right. phenomenon for me. Right. Now, have you heard, is it has, given how many people were wearing masks during that time, sometimes for, you know, eight, 10 hour stints were, have you heard of this happening to other people or was this a one-off? No, it's in the literature now. Okay. Yeah. It's in the literature wow. and, and it's called mask mouth. So, wow. Um, yeah, well, I'm not it, surprised. I'm not no, surprised. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Um, it does make sense. And now That's when I see somebody, 
in their car with their mask on, I just want to honk and say, take it off, take it off. You're going to have, you know, you're going to spend too much time with the dentist uh, that you don't want to, <laughs> time and money you don't want to spend. Right. And all that mouth breathing, you know, uh-huh. that happens yeah. when you're wearing a mask. Right. Right. No, that is so interesting. Yeah. It's super interesting. Now, when you do get a stool testing, uh, are there specific or what specific bacteria do you see in the gut uh, correlated with the oral microbiome? I guess I'm yeah. sort of fishing for Fusobacterium nucleatum. That's one of my favorite bacteria. <laughs> yeah. I love to study. Love hate relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love because it's a commensal. Like you mentioned, you know, these are not yeah. all bad bacteria. It really right. depends on their environment. And right. uh, if you, Fusobacterium's that way, if it's, I jokingly call it the mother-in-law bacteria. If it's at low <laughs> levels and doesn't take over, it's it's a friendly bacteria. Uh, but if it stays too long and tells you what to do and starts you know, running your life, then it's yes. you know, not a good thing. So I love that, that mother-in-law that's analogy. Sort of that happens. is perfect. Because and it you know, is an we, oral bacteria that translocates to the gut. So I just wondered, you know, what you're seeing in your. Um, yeah. Research. Yeah. And we, and we call them opportunists, right. you know, and it's just, it's the same idea. You know, they're, they're normal bacteria. They're found in a lot of people who are healthy. Mm-hmm. but they can take advantage of a bad situation. So they take an opportunity. And then when they get a hole, when they get a foothold, then they can be very damaging, especially to vulnerable people. So um, yeah, the mother-in-law, that is a perfect analogy, but it, we do, we see Fusobacterium. Now um, in stool testing, I, I uh, work with a company called um, Diagnostic Solutions Laboratory. They do a PCR stool test. And so we see Fusobacterium in the stool. But it's at the species level. We don't measure Fusobacterium nucleata, but we look at the big picture. We see Streptococcus species. We measure those in the gut. Um, when I see strep high in the gut, you know, very high, I do always ask about oral health because, you know, strep is is high in the mouth naturally. Um But, you know, if it's extremely overgrown, then maybe it's coming from the mouth. You know, maybe there's uh, an imbalance in the mouth that is contributing to the high levels in the gut, potentially. Um, Let me think what else I look for. Um, You know, I mean, there's Prevotella. There are some others, but we don't, you know, they're not only oral microbes. So I really, what I have seen with the mouth and and gut testing Sometimes there's a dysbiosis in the mouth and, and for your listeners, dysbiosis is an imbalance of bacteria, imbalance of the microbes in the mouth that cause symptoms. So something like cavities would be dysbiosis or gingivitis would be dysbiosis or having root, root canal infections would be dysbiosis. But sometimes I see oral dysbiosis and there's gut dysbiosis together. It's almost like it's through the whole GI tract. Other times it's just in the mouth. Other times it's just in the gut and the mouth is healthy. So I really see every connection, every different pattern. Um, What interests me is how, you know, how are we going to move forward where we're, we're addressing both, you know, so few clinicians are really thinking about both or know how to, you know, and you talk about this in your Ted talk too, you know, it's like dentistry is over here and, uh, you know, systemic medicine or, or family medicine is over there. And it's like these two separate entities and there isn't enough collaboration, um, to help, to help people get better when they have problems in the mouth and the gut. No, you're exactly right. In my experience, it started with a functional medicine physician who, um, who we had gotten to be friends. We'd met at some medical conferences And she said, Debbie, I have a patient who I'm afraid has cancer, her C-reactive protein, which I want your input on that later. Uh, Her C-reactive protein is sky high, over 18. And um, I'm not finding anything. I wonder if it could be her mouth. Well, Mm -hmm. sure enough, um, I I utilize uh, oral DNA, uh, my periopath. And I also utilize the Bristol test, which I love for people at home. I think it's great. And then I use the GI map. Um, oh, so, okay. um, in, if the physician, if the physician has a GI map, uh, then of course that's sort of what got us tying everything together was the GI map and the oral DNA. So, um, 
this person, this was probably 10 years ago at least, but um, this person had high, high inflammation and, and it was from her mouth. So once we just really did pretty simple, you know, periodontal treatment, no antibiotics, her C-reactive protein plummeted from 18.1 to like 2.9. Now, you know, normal is under three. We don't go for normal. We go for optimal and that's under one. So she wasn't quite at optimal yet. This wasn't the whole picture. But um, but Cass, yeah, these were the days. Yeah, these were the days before we had a GI map. So um, now I, I know that if I find high fusobacterium nucleatum in the mouth, even though GI map... Um, just checks for fusobacterium. And I know that has come from the mouth. We do know that bacteria is an oral microbe that translocates. Prevotel is not, not specifically, you know, just an oral micro, microbe. So we have, so we learned kind of accidentally with um, physicians and I here in Oklahoma City, we, we have a good functional medicine group and we learned that um, they could get rid of it in the gut, but unless I get rid of it in the mouth, it's going to recur in the gut. And so, it's Absolutely. just so fun. And, and to your yeah. point, you know, we, we have to, um, we have to talk about these things. We have to talk about, well, this is not, this is not working. I, you know, I'm not getting the success I wanted with this patient. And I think it starts with functional medicine, um, health practitioners like yourself, uh, really reaching out to dentists because it's not yet generally in our wheelhouse. Right. It, it It's, it's going to start with, you smart people who are using these functional medicine tests and, and realizing that a big part of your uh, positive outcomes are related to the oral microbiome. Wow. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, one of the things I love to say is, you know, I like to talk about the oral microbiome, but dentists have been working with the oral microbiome for you know a hundred years or however many hundreds of years dentists are working with the oral microbiome and, and the fallout, but they don't really, they aren't really trained and they aren't thinking of it in, in they're thinking of it in kind of the old paradigm. But yeah, I think um, the functional medicine outlook is so um, much of like looking at a web of interactions. It's such a different way of thinking about health and medicine. And, it, you know, I think it, it adds a lot to the, to the problem solving for someone with oral health problems, it's like, oh, they've got diabetes and they've got gum disease and, you know, their joints are inflamed and, you know, how, you know, they they have gut symptoms. How are all these things connected and how can we get them better all around? Yes. I, I think uh, I tell patients, my patients, um, your teeth are the last to go. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be your, it might be your memory. It might be your heart. It might be, uh, like you said, your joints. I think Hippocrates had said, you know, uh, that um, you take out a, an infected tooth and you heal arthritis. In some cases, that can be very uh, accurate. The um, the thing, the most, I guess, significant thing I've learned, Cass, is that um, fusobacterium in the gut, you know, is a, close to being considered causal for colorectal cancer and is certainly involved heavily um, in all kinds of, you know, gut problems, irritable bowel, inflammatory bowel, Crohn's, inflammatory bowel Crohn's, I mean, you name it, uh, mm-hmm. Fuso, that, that mother-in-law is right in there um, rearing, you know, too much control. So um, kind of by accident, I, I had a patient who was, um, having chemotherapy. He had, he came to see me. Um, he had colorectal cancer. He had fusobacterium nucleatum in the mouth because we do test that. But mm-hmm. then when he had fusobacterium super high in his gut, he was being species. treated. Oh, pardon me. Fusobacterium species in the gut. Yes, yeah, species, mm-hmm. which the treatment's the same. So it doesn't really matter what the subspecies is. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. um, and um, he was being treated with 5-fluorouracil and a real common medication. Well, I just, you know, treated, I treated him and I did use metronidazole uh, flagell because his level was so high in his mouth and his gut. And um, suddenly his chemo started working. And there is, there is a mountain of research, Cass, about how uh, fusobacterium inhibits 5-fluorouracil. And actually just recently in the last couple of weeks, I found an article about how it also inhibits cisplatin. And 
So yeah, it just, that's interesting, fascinating research. Um, so, you know, just seeing these correlations, it it is so tied together. That's why your book is so important. You also touch on infected root canals. Tell us more about your perspective there. Well, you know, I don't, I don't presume to be an expert on this topic. I just, um, you know, it's, it, again, it's a dysbiosis, you know, basically everything that's happening in the mouth um, that suggests things aren't, aren't going well, you know, the, you know, cavities, uh, gum disease, bad breath, you know, um, infected root canals, all of these tie back into imbalance of the microbiome. So we know that things are getting out of balance. Um, and so that's that's really where I would go with it. Now, when we talk about, you know, kind of what the, what are the what are the root causes of this imbalance of the mouth? You know, why does one person have um, an imbalanced uh, microbiome in the mouth and the next person doesn't? You know, that's kind of a different that's a different list. Um I mean, there's, of course, there's diet and there's nutrients and there's um, history of antibiotic use and there's um, nasal breathing versus mouth breathing, um, the health of the tissues. Um, I'm sure there is saliva flow. I mean, I know there are some things I'm I'm missing here. I have a long list I normally talk about in my presentations. (laughs) Oh, no, your book is so complete. Um, You do a great job in talking about type two diabetes, uh, blood sugar mm-hmm. problems. That's, that's something, um, I see very consistently. And even, you know, 35 years ago would see somebody who maybe had more, uh, bleeding in their gums or more problems than it looked like should be there based on say their hygiene. So mm-hmm. typically I would say you need to go get your blood sugar checked and literally cast a hundred percent had diabetes or prediabetes. It it's it's a two way street. Uh, early gum disease raises uh, blood sugar. You know, uh, increases insulin resistance, but then insulin resistance causes more gum disease. So right. here we are again with um, it's upstream causes people get their mouths healthy, their blood sugar improves. That was something we saw on a before and after blood test early early is that uh, we, we were going after C-reactive protein, but we actually improved lipids. We improved uh, mm-hmm. fasting blood sugar, you know, just a very inexpensive and simple oral procedure that wasn't painful, um, helped all of those things. Tell us, uh, explain to our listeners about uh, C-reactive protein and convince our listeners to ask for that blood test when they get any uh, labs done. I was hoping we would go there next because C-reactive protein is a very good, solid, evidence-backed marker of whole body inflammation, systemic inflammation. Now, when you're, and it's a blood test, you can run it with you. When your doctor does CBC and a CMP to find out how your, how your, you know, standard blood tests every year. As part of your annual checkup, ask for CRP, ask for vitamin D, ask for magnesium. You know, there's these other tests that are that you can get as part of standard lab testing, but CRP is critical and it is your it's your measure to figure out is my body inflamed? Is my bloodstream inflamed? And um, one of the very interesting connections there is that when you have a, a infected root canal, or, um, or any type of serious infection in the mouth, chances are it will raise your CRP. Now, uh, CRP can go high for other reasons too, but the mouth is like, like when, uh, like you were saying, Debbie, um, in a patient where CRP is sky high and you can't figure out why the mouth is the place to look. So, um, it's a wonderful marker. Everyone should run it and, you know, in a healthy person, it should be low. It should be undetectable or or very low. And that's a, a, it, it, CRP also is used to, um, look for heart disease because chronic inflammation is a characteristic of heart disease. So, um, it's a, it's a wonderful marker. It should be, you know, 
automatically run on everybody, just just like some of these other things are being done, like CBC and CMP. And as an educated consumer, we can all just ask for that, ask the doctor to add. And it's not even that expensive. So even if you have to pay out of pocket, it's not that much more. No, you are so right. And to find that out and to know you have an area you need to check out uh, is invaluable. You know, we don't, I say we don't know the snake that doesn't bite us. If we can save a problem early, um, it's really beneficial. Um, C-reactive protein um, at a high level is an absolute risk factor for stroke and heart attack. And um, that's just been well documented throughout time. I'm sure you've, you're have you familiar with the Beldonine preceptorship that talks about um you know, how the, this oral microbiome so impacts heart disease, that's kind of been the first area, but, but now we know the oral microbiome really touches all, all areas of the body. Um, Absolutely. That's right. Us, no, that, that is very exciting though. The, the progress that we've made in cardiovascular disease, mm-hmm. because that evidence is so strong for the role of the mouth in, in heart disease. I mean, they have found, you know, oral bacteria in atherosclerotic plaque. There are papers like the, um, that, that group right there has published saying that the evidence is strong enough to cause oral pathogens to say that oral pathogens cause heart disease, which is a very strong claim. So, um, I think of all the conditions that we know can be traced back to the mouth, cardiovascular disease is one of the strongest connections we know of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and if you just think about um, the um, just the inflammatory aspect of these oral microbes, and we have you know what thirty thousand miles of of blood vessels and capillaries. So you just think about this low level inflammation. And, and I really think this seriously impacts relationships. Um, you know, vitality made simple is about having vitality, living with more zest for life and, um, you know, extra energy, but it all comes down to relationships. But when people don't feel good, they don't have that extra resilience to deal with all that life throws at us. Mm -hmm. And so for you to talk about the, you know, heal your oral microbiome, that's the, that's an area that in people can handle in their own hands. Um, Expound on what you found out about mouthwashes, toothpaste, you know, give us some very practical information here. We, We need it. Sure, sure. And, you know, this didn't, I don't think this made it into my book because, you know, I've been learning all the, all along the way as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, have, I have a colleague, um, uh, Ellie Campbell, who uses the term toxie paste instead of toothpaste, yeah, toxie paste. And I love that term because, um, you know, really, we have to look very closely at what is in our toothpaste. And, and it, you know, what we are putting in our mouths is very important. We really need to be discerning. We can't just grab anything off the shelf. Um, and I recently wrote a blog on this topic, um, you know, best toothpaste ingredients, because I was shocked to find out that so many of the toothpaste ingredients that we're using every day are just really antibiotics. Mm. This, I mean, I I guess I shouldn't have been that shocked, right? I mean, we've all these years, we have been assuming everything in the mouth needs to be destroyed. Essentially all the, all the microbes in the mouth are dangerous. You know, they, they cause cavities. They all need to be killed off. So what we're basically all doing every day with with mainstream toothpaste is killing them off, you know, killing killing the bad ones, but killing the good ones potentially mm-hmm. too. Also, of course, toothpaste uh, ingredients. Some of them are can be caustic to our um, oral mucosa, the lining of the mouth, and irritating. So, um, I mean, not everybody's sensitive, you know, but some people are. So. Um, I'm a, I'm a lot more discerning about toothpaste that I use. I'm, I'm, I don't know how you feel, Debbie, about the fluoride versus hydroxyapatite conversation. That's a hot one. <laughs> it's a hot one, but um, I, I pretty much tell people to avoid fluoride uh, just because of its impact on uh, thyroid health. So oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can compete for thyroid receptors. You know, there are exceptions, Cass. I never... I always want to view everything from an integrative standpoint and on a personalized level. 
Uh, of course, if somebody has a super dry mouth, then there are there are forms of fluoride that can benefit them. I mean, you sort of you know weigh the benefits and the risk. Um, but generally, I don't think we need all the fluoride in our toothpaste and our water. Um, I, I, I really view it as a toxin, so I might get mm-hmm. killed uh, for saying that. But <laughs> but it's but it's I, I see the research. I have the research um, uh, here here in my office. I have um, tons of research to prove my point, and I see it in patients. And and when I see these, a lot of just mouth problems, people that have you know irritated irritation on their cheeks or mm-hmm. I'll say just start start get rid of your toothpaste just brush your teeth for now with like baking soda you know mm-hmm. we, we put too much um, weight on toothpaste right. and, and there are great toothpaste out there now um, sure. I tell people to avoid avoid sodium lauryl sulfate mm-hmm. and and just a lot of these um, whitening toothpaste that maybe just put an acid in there to to whiten. Mm-hmm. Um, but, right. but give us your perspective on mouthwashes. Yeah. Mouthwash my, my you know, uh, look, I wasn't really a huge mouthwash user myself. So that probably helped me keep open-minded to what the research is saying, which is mouthwash kills the oral microbiome. And as a result can raise your blood pressure can actually give you cardiovascular health risks. So our oral bacteria can, they help us make a, uh, a chemical called nitric oxide, which relaxes our blood vessels and helps our blood move smoothly um, through our system. And it, something, these, these microbes live in our tongues can, they contribute to something like 25% of all of the nitric oxide that we need. I mean, this is a critical blood pressure lowering chemical and these good bacteria are helping us on a daily basis. They take the food from our diet, which we cannot make nitric oxide from by ourselves and they help us make nitric oxide. So mouthwash, um, you know, again, I would be very careful, you know, if you, if you just love mouthwash, then you need to be looking at the ingredients. You need to make sure that it's not a true antibiotic mm-hmm. mouthwash. Um, you know, I think something more gentle like saltwater mouthwash. Um, you know, I think oil pulling is an interesting mm-hmm. option oh, for, absolutely. you know, yeah, that's a neat one in terms of moisturizing and kind of building up the some of the mucosa and um man and kind of changing the microbiome without killing off good bugs. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really realized the gargles and mouthwashes really shouldn't be, uh, used except like in, in, you know, very specific situations. You know, I did gargle when I got, um, SARS-CoV-2, I did gargle. I wanted to you know, I was willing to let my oral microbiome take a hit so that I didn't have the virus replicating um, excessively. So I made that choice, but I do encourage people to, you know, talk with their dental pr- practitioner or their functional medicine practitioner before doing gargles on the regular, unless it's like a gentle gargle, like a saltwater gargle or um, what types of gargles do you like or or mouthwashes do you uh. like? I like uh, I like oil, oil pulling. I think that's mm-hmm. a terrific strategy. I tell people to avoid all alcohol-based mouthwashes. I've been recommending chlorine dioxide um, mm-hmm. or a care. I'm not a hundred percent happy with it, mm-hmm. um, but it especially was good during the SARS COVID uh, problem because it's very antiviral and it doesn't seem to kill off the the you know nitric nitrate nitrite mm. uh, bacteria that produce nitric oxide mm, so okay. so I, I monitored some people with their blood pressure to to sort of test that to see if if we were getting any problems and in, in as far as I know Cass we didn't but um That's interesting yeah yeah but um it does have a, a blue dye in it it's a two two-part uh rinse and and I you know I think that's unnecessary I think it's just toxic load if we can decrease toxic load generally we're going to feel better um mm-hmm. the um the interesting thing back to fuso bacterium it is one of the bacteria that produces halitosis so i pretty much find people getting fresher breath when they just have better you know cleaner mouth uh, mm-hmm. better 
oral hygiene, just from removing the biofilm, not from necessarily rinses or, or uh-huh. toothpaste, uh, uh-huh. but from cleanliness, if that's, you know, yeah. breaking the biofilm. Yeah. And that's interesting. Yeah, that food, that fusobacterium is a tricky one. Do you typically like to treat it in everyone that where, who you find it in? If I see it high via a saliva test, whether Bristol mm-hmm. or oral DNA, then then I do a comprehensive periodontal exam. That's something everybody needs annually is a comprehensive periodontal exam. I I use um, a numbing gel called Orkix to do that, so I get an accurate accurate readings because, you know, nobody wants to hurt people. And I think a lot of times um, we don't get accurate readings. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so depending on that, then treat them. There's bleeding. I mean, I, I, I address every single bit of bleeding. I also do a, Mm -hmm. um, a cone beam, a 3d x-ray. You mentioned Ah. root canals. And so often Cass, um, we find root canals that are, that are failing. I mean, you know, root canals are sort of teeth on probation. So, so many are, um, yeah. we find things on 3d that we can't see on 2d. I interviewed Dr. Thomas Levy, um, back in episode, I think it was 89. And he has a book called hidden epidemic that is actually a free download on my website. And so you would love it. It's, he's a cardiologist who, um, just started finding the heart problems related to the mouth the oral microbiome, mm-hmm. both in terms of periodontal disease and in terms of um, failing root canals. So he's written a fascinating book, The Hidden Epidemic, but it's free. Just go to my website and you can download it and read it. Um, as a cardiologist, right. he was just seeing these connections consistently. So, Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. That's great. great. Upstream medicine. You know, too, um, Mark Berhenna has a form that he has available online for, um, it's basically like a collaboration document for Mm -hmm. physicians and dentists. So, and related to CRP, sometimes the physician has detected a high CRP and they need to communicate that to the dentist. And then the dentist has an option to communicate what's going on with oral health for the patient back to the physician. So that's one tool that's out there to help facilitate this communication on medical teams. That's excellent. And so you can find him through Ask the Dentist. Right. Askthedentist.com. And I I do have a copy of that letter in in the appendix of my book because I did feel like Oh, um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, he has, you know, you can download it and that's easier. And for consumers out there, you know, patients out there who want to take that to their doctor and, or their dentist, they can use that too. Well, you know, it requires just people being um, autonomous with their health and, and realizing that they're their own best doctor and, and have, have to ask for what they need. Uh, and, and you certainly help people do that with your book, Heal Your, Heal Your Oral Microbiome, a fun read, a great gift. Um, I'm not going to give mine away. I've got too much writing in it and yellow <laughs> highlighter. Um, but because yeah. it's fantastic. What is there anything else you want to leave us with? Gosh, I mean, just that, you know, let's all ride this wave. I believe that there's this wave that is, is, um, you know, rising here about the oral microbiome and oral health. And it's kind of been building all these years, but it does seem like it's, it's rising and we're all riding it. And we, we just need to keep spreading the word and tell our loved ones um, about these things and help connect those dots um, to, you know, um, let fall away the old way, you know, the old way is not the right way anymore that we want to think about, a, um, you know, nourishing and growing a healthy rainforest of good bacteria in our mouths to protect us and defend us. And, um, it's, there's a lot that's going to change and, um, all for the better. So uh, I really think, you know, there'll be some that will change soon. There'll be some that will change later. You know, don't be shocked if your dentist doesn't get the memo. <laughs> For a while, <laughs> these but, changes but, can take ten to twenty years before they they work into routine care. They can, but you can look for a dentist who's um, on top of it. You can look at uh, AOSH, which is A A O S H. That's a, a group of dentists that um, are are learning more and more all the time. That are curious. Um, 
you can probably find like through the oral DNA website, the mm-hmm. Bristol Health website. I mean, this is a movement, Cash. You're so right, and you've really helped propel it. You've you've you know heightened the wave. It's, we you've yeah. kind of created a, a tsunami here, and I I love it because getting the word out is tough. Um, and and it really I've decided it's grassroots. I've decided that it's each person going to their physician and asking for certain testing, uh, going to their dentist and saying, show me where there's any bleeding, any bleeding. Tell me where I have uh, an area where my the pocket around my gum is, you know, four millimeters or deeper. You know, tell me I care. And then if you get you know, a great answer, you have a better relationship with that dentist. And if you don't, then I think you should really find somebody who is because this information, Cass, I mean, you know, we have books, we have this awesome book, but but it's in the literature. It's in every single journal, every right. single journal. It was an easy book to write because the research is just spelled out, spell, it's all over the medical literature. So Yes. And, and, you know, you all, you, my listeners know I have a, a library of over 4,000 research articles cataloged and uh, alphabetized, but you can really just get Cass's book and find <laughs> awesome. She has a ton, hundreds of um, references in here. That's always the first thing I look at. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can really, you know, save yourself a lot of time and paper. So uh, buy, you know, get her book. Now, where can they find you? Yes, yes, please find me. My website is healthfirstconsulting.com. I have an e-newsletter that goes out every month. I would love for you to sign up for it, uh, listeners. It uh, is a monthly blog, either on the oral microbiome or special functional medicine topics. There's usually discounts on oral health products or supplements. And um, you can also find me on Instagram, at Cass Nelson Dooley. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Facebook, I, I am Health First Consulting. So, uh, you know, I sell copies of the book if you'd like a signed one on my website, or you can just buy it on Amazon. But I so appreciate your energy and enthusiasm and passion for this topic, Debbie. And it's just great to be here. It's so fun to talk with you. And I thank everyone for listening today. Well, you're so refreshing. It's It's just an extra bonus that you're not a dentist and that you're, you've got these feelers out, you know, spreading this wonderful um, upstream health information that, that people can handle themselves, you know, in, in lots of ways. Um, So, so thank you for being here. And I thank all of our listeners just past this a podcast onto your friends that it can help. Everybody's got a mouth and everybody's got a gut. You know, it's uh, health. I always say health starts in the gut, but the gut starts in the mouth. And uh, <laughs> so, like so one long tube, uh, stem to stern, and we want to handle all of it. Um, thank you all for sharing this podcast. Um, I'm newly on Instagram, woohoo. So sort of newly, but it's growing fast. And uh, I'm just going to see how many uh, countries we're in. Oh my goodness, I can't read my own writing. We're at, we're in a, about 90 countries and I think almost 2000 cities. So that's because Fantastic. you all have been spreading the word and listening and I appreciate it because it is such a joy to get to meet you Cass. I mean, this just fills my heart and thank you for spending time to, with us. Uh you all look for Heal Your Oral Microbiome with Cass Nelson Dooley. It's going to make you have a longer vitality span and that's what matters. Blessings until next time.